This principle of success is called the Mastermind Principle. The, 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 the Mastermind Your Life Podcast. Podcast. If you're wanting to realize your ideas, goals, and dreams, and on the journey of masterminding your life, it's time for the podcast made just for you. This is the Mastermind Your Life Podcast. With Tolu Owoyemi. Owoyemi. What's going on, Masterminders? Welcome to another episode of Mastermind Your Life. We have William Winfield in the house. He's a certified professional speaker, educator, consultant, minister, and author. He has over nine years plus of public speaking, mentoring, and coaching. He's one of the most sought-after professional speakers for students, educators, and companies around the United States and globally as well. William, welcome to the show. What's going on, King? What's going on? How you feeling? I thank God, man. We got some air in us. I think we got some life ahead of us, man. Come on, man. That's it. That's it, man. That's it. Incredible. Now, thank you for being here because, you know, we were having a a conversation even earlier before the podcast started. And we were just talking about, like, man, you're planting seeds mm. and helping people impact generations. Uh, can you talk to us about what kind of drew you to public speaking? You know, there's so many areas people can go into. Why public speaking? I would say I didn't go into it, but it called me to. Mm. That makes sense, right? Like, so for me, I tell people all the time, man, like how I got started, how I got into it was simply, bro, like I remember I was homeless and I used to make fun of homeless people, used to crack on them. Every time I go to the club, you know, you're a bum, go get a, you know, here's a dollar, chase me down the street for the dollar, this kind of stuff. Now, when people look at my life and they're like, no way, not Willis Blood. I'm like, yeah, that was, Willis Blood used to be Willis Ugly. You feel what I'm saying? I had an ugly spirit on me, right? Uh-huh. And so, bro, man, I remember doing that. And then eventually the creator humbled me and I became homeless. Not only that, my mom became homeless the same time I came home. You feel me? So I was bouncing in the car, bouncing house to house. Go ahead, fam. your question? What, yes, what happened to lead you to homelessness or end up homeless? Yep. So what led me there is I had a job in a recycling company in Franklin, Massachusetts called Jaco Environmental. Um, I remember going to that facility one particular day. You know, sometimes like you get that gut feeling. you like, yo, something about to happen. I don't know what's about to happen, but I know something is about to happen. It ain't going to be pretty, right? Mm. So I remember walking in. And as soon as I was about to clock in, yo, I heard, in my, I heard the Holy Spirit say, yo, do you love me? I like ignored it, clocked in, uh-huh. walked down, got my PDF, uh, PDF, walked around, started scanning refrigerators, X, Y, and Z, bro. Uh-huh. I heard it again. Do you love me? I was like, knock it off, right? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, my, my supervisor come down on the forklift. Supervisor was like, Willie. That's what they used to call me back in the day, right? Like, Willie. I was like, what's going on, Ramon? He was like, uh, Phil need to talk to you in the office. I was like, okay, cool. Stop what I was doing, walking. As I'm walking to the door to my boss's office, I hear, do you love me the third time? Wow. Ignored it. As soon as I walked in, bro, boss turned around. The boss was like, yo. Um, you know, how you doing? Well, I'm, like, I'm doing good. Phil. How you doing? All is well. All is well. He was like, all right, man, I just got to break some bad news to you. I was like, what is it? He was like, man, unfortunately, man, you know, we don't have the right amount of money to be able to keep having other employees here. So we're going to have to cut you. Mm. Now, mind you. I have my oldest son right now who's 13. He was like four, I think. No, three at the time. Right. Bro, this was probably one of the most humbling things ever in my life. I had to go back in my car. My 2001 Nissan Maxima drive all the way from Franklin, Massachusetts, back to Rhode Island with tears in my eyes, trying to figure out how I'm going to take care of my kid. 
trying to figure out how I'm going to take care of my mom and my family. And I'll never forget, man, like literally just like trying to just think and try to figure out how am I going to get, how am I going to get the money? What am I going to do? I remember picking up the phone and calling my boy Gilbert Augusta, right? Mm-hmm. And shout out to Gil, man. Um, picking up the phone, I said, yo, I need a place to stay. Out of everybody I knew, out of all the popular I had in school, bro, only one person picked up that phone for me in the time of need. I said, wow. bro, I need a place to stay. I don't got no money right now. I'm pretty sure I'm going to get unemployment sometime soon. He was like, okay, cool. Let me ask my mom. He asked his mom. His mom was like, yes, I can stay. They let me stay with them, bro, for six months rent free. I didn't pay wow. a dime. You feel what I'm saying? Like they, they, like, they had me, bro. And so from there, that's what that happened. And that's how I ended up going into the homeless shelter, getting my first job, working with homeless people. Funny. Made fun of them. Now I'm actually helping. Woof. Like, I got, I got humbled, bro. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when I tell people, like, yo, this is not something that I seek. It's not something that I signed up for. This is something that called me to the call. Mm. See what I'm saying? And so mm-hmm. the very moment that changed in my life when I realized that, yo, you built for this will, is when I talked the homeless man out of committing suicide. Incredible. He was getting ready to clock out, bro. He was like, yo, life ain't worth living no more. And I said, all I said to him was this. I said, you don't need to take your life. You're loved and you're appreciated. And you're going to make it through this. Mm. Literally three weeks later, three weeks later, I come back to work. My, my co-worker, Jerome, was like, yo, man, like, homeboy's here. He needs to talk to you. I'm like, oh, God, not again. They're not as good this time. Went down there, man. And he just embraced me with his biggest hug, bro. And he was like, yo, because of you, I didn't kill myself. And everything is working out for me, Will. So that was the start for me to get into public speaking. Wow. And that's such an incredible story. You know, how, how his a dollar chased me, like, you know, making fun of the... Kind of, why do you think God allowed you to experience that kind of route? Like, what do you think God was trying to convey to you or help you transform into? Yeah, I think that God understands that we can't lead somebody somewhere we've never been. So my voice is common. No, my yeah, my voice is an echo, and it's common to the people who I'm supposed to serve. Mm. So if I never mm. been through homelessness, there's gonna be a lot of people that can't relate to me, right? Like here's the thing: if there's no crushing, there's no oil. Mm. I'm saying like everybody want oil, and everybody want to get crushed. So I had to get crushed first, and because I got crushed, that's not the that's not the best part, fam. The next part is getting crushed again. Because the more oil I have in my jaw, that means the more I can pour out. You feel me? And that's the problem, bro. We have people that's trying to pour out, <clears throat> but they never been crushed. So you ain't even pouring nothing out. And you wonder why you drained all the time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. That's why I believe that the creator had me go through that for sure. I love that analogy of, you know, people say it all the time. You know, hey, diamonds, you know, created from coal under enormous pressure like the the the, the berry or the, the olive you know crushed that oil comes out but yeah. people don't want to be crushed it's like we i think especially in america we live in a place whereby we're kind of like led into this comfort zone of mediocrity you know like mm-hmm. hey, just it's enough just you know okay you know yeah nah, i got the chick-fil-a man you got the little thing like you know this yeah. mediocrity of but I think you're right. The real growth comes from that comfort being taken away. Because when the comfort is taken away, you have to 
think you get creative you know rely on other people bring out more of you that's internal um talk about the the beginning of your public speaking career was it something when you first started you was like man like i'm gonna i'm gonna go hard or was it something that you were kind of unsure of but you just felt a passion to kind of like share a word with somebody yeah so i'm gonna say it, i'm gonna say it this way right so i was watching troy i watched troy for the first time last night man i ain't never watched my life my boy's like yo I know you need to go watch this. I was like, bet, I'm going to watch it, right? Uh-huh. He says something in there, man, that changed my life. <clears throat> the, the quote was this. The person said that kings are, re- kings are remembered forever and soldiers are always forgotten. Mm. I said, ooh, I said, hold up. I had to rewind that back. It said, kings are remembered forever. Soldiers are forgotten. Like, dang. Answering your question, how this happened is the way that it happened was I understood that my words had power. Once I understood that I possessed the power of communication, now I was able to go to another level, mm-hmm. meaning that I was able to connect with people that most people couldn't connect to, i.e., the counselors when I worked at a drug rehab, bro. They couldn't connect with the with the with the, with the people. They were like, "Yo, I don't know why they're not listening to me. They're not listening because you ain't got no anointing on your life. Mm. They not listening to you because they know you don't care." See, for me, I can relate. That's why I went through the crushing so I can communicate to them. And so I said, "Yo," and here's the crazy thing, bro. Mm-hmm. I remember, bro. I gave my first speech in front of forty grown men. We're talking about dudes who are 40, 50, 60, 65. Yeah, forty grown men. I'm twenty three at the time, bro. And I got it going in, man. My hands sweating, sweat coming down my face. I'm trying to figure out what am I going to say? What am I going to do? It doesn't got to be perfect. The, the message that I gave him, I said, yo, eagles do not stress the opinions of pigeons. Woo. That was the message, right? And, bro, when I, when I spoke, I did not know, bro, that there was two people back there that wanted to leave the program and overdose. I didn't know none of this, bro. I'm just mm. pouring my heart out for 45 minutes straight. You see what I'm saying? Soon as as soon as I was done, the guys came up to me, hugged me, you know, like, wow, Will, I needed this. Thank you so much, man. Like, wow, man. Like, yo, you really changed my life. I'm like, yo. So I walk out, and Vanessa, that was her name, right? Vanessa came up to me. She said, Will. I said, what do I do, Vanessa? She was like, you didn't do nothing. You didn't do nothing. I just want to let you know that these two guys that you just seen that went into the bathroom, they was about to leave the program and overdose. But they said, because of your words, because of your message, they're going to step. Incredible. Let me say this to you. Motivation is cute, but empowerment's more dominant. I'm gonna say it again. Motivation's cute, but empowerment's more dominant. And what I mean by that is that to this day, these guys are still clean. They got a job, got their grandkids, got their kids back, and they're living life without drugs or substance. When I talk about doing this, I'd really do this, bro. And I don't care, bro, if I gotta go into a basement, which I've done multiple times. I went to a basement, bro. Mm-hmm. Rode a 2001 Toyota Corolla with no AC in it. <laughs> Drove it all the way down like three hours to go pour into some kids, right, in a basement who are adolescent youth, right, who are dealing with stuff in foster care. I don't ever talk about this stuff, bro. But I drove three hours to go pour into these kids. And, bro, no AC. Didn't get paid a dime for it. But people tell me all the time, I want to be a speaker. No, no, no. You want to make money. Mm. 
that's your problem. You want to make money. You want the mic. You want the stage. But here's the thing. There's a cost with that. You see what I'm saying? Like, people think like, yo, like, people think I just want to pick up a mic and speak. No, I don't. Because here's the thing. The moment you speak the very thing that you're speaking, now you're responsible for living it and responsible for the attack that's coming along with it. Woo! Can you, you just said something that is extraordinary. You said, no, two things that were extraordinary. One, when you speak, it carries weight and then you have a responsibility to now bear that weight and uh, I think that's like when if you talk leadership and you're talking empowerment you gotta live that you gotta live that you gotta walk that walk but the second thing I think is not commonly known is the attack that comes Mm -hmm. when you pick yourself out with positivity and you're trying to empower people so can you talk about that first aspect of, of bearing the responsibility and then we'll talk Absolutely. about that second aspect later. Absolutely, man. So, you know, like for me, I was raised in the church, stuff like that. I've seen so many preachers preach, but then lie about what they were preaching, right? Mm. They would be like, yo, like, you know, be holy for you need to be holy, but you ain't even holy, right? Yeah. Like, it, it's, it's, it's easy for you to do that when you're in front of people. My thing is, what do you do when nobody's watching? You feel me, bro? And so I had to understand. I'm like, yo, I don't want to be like that. Mm. Now, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I promise you, I will tell you, I am not perfect. I have my flaws. I have my failures. I've fallen many times. But that's why grace is there. Not to abuse, but to understand that there's things in your life that you're going to go through, and you do need that help. And that's why I always tell people, don't be judging people, because there's going to be a point in your life where you're going to need that same grace. Like when people are like, oh, my God, Will did that? Okay, cool. Just know there's going to be a point in your life where you're going to need the same grace. You feel me, bro? And so, for me, that responsibility is understand that why I'm not going to speak something that I'm not living. Mm-hmm. That makes me a hypocrite. You feel me, bro? And so, don't talk about things that you're not willing to carry. If you say you're going to be loyal, you say you're going to be faithful, be that. Do that. You see what I'm saying? So, that's what I would say about that responsibility part. Everybody want to do it, but not everybody want to hold the responsibility that comes with that heat. Yeah, with that heat. And you're right about that. Talk, talk about the, the attack. And I think that that's a spiritual component that a lot of people don't know about. But yeah. talk about like what happens like once you pitch yourself and you start impacting people don't realize like, you know, the spiritual realm is watching. They watch it. Yeah. So here's the thing, right? People don't understand. Like my mentor told me like two months ago, he was like, well, I want you to understand. And I was in a down moment two, two months ago. I'm being transparent. I'm like, yo, like I don't, I don't want this no more. Like I just it's just too much to carry. I'll be honest with you, it's a lot of pressure, bro. And <clears throat> my mentor said, Well, I don't ever want you to forget this. He says, Have you ever seen a dog chase a parked car? I said, Nah. He said, In other words, life only attacks those who are in movement. If you're not in movement, you ain't going to get attacked. Mm. And then I took that and I flipped. I said, Yo, if I never drive my car, I can't get a flat tire. Can't get a busted windshield. Don't have to change my oil. But if I start moving, I'm gonna get a pop. I'm gonna get a flat tire. I'm gonna get my window busted. Right? My my alternator gonna go. These things. Right? The problem with most people is that they want to speak, but they don't want the attack that comes with it. Meaning that it sounds cute to have a good car, but it's not about the car. It's about the responsibility that comes with that car. I.e., an attack. Bro, there's been so many times that I get done speaking and pouring into students. 
And bro, literally like three days later, here comes something. Nobody ever talks about this though. Can you, I can mean, you give us an example of like maybe yeah. something that came so, after you? So one, of, so one of the examples, right? I remember um, last February, I did a presentation to like 3,000 students. Mm-hmm. And, you know, pretty much the student came up to me, hugged me, talking about, yo, my dad's out of me like he cried on my shoulders, X, Y, and Z, man, right? That's why I was there. I wasn't even there to really speak. I was there to comfort that kid. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Three days later, because I battled with suicidal thoughts, those suicidal thoughts came back and creeped up on me. Heavy. More heavier than ever. You see what I'm saying? Not only that, right? You start having, like, friendships. You know what I'm saying? Like, you ain't do nothing. Nothing wrong, bro. You're just really trying to genuinely be there for people. They just start acting crazy. But here's what I realized, though. Every single thing that is an attack is a distraction. Mm. I'm going to say it again. Every single thing in your life that is an attack is a distraction. Because here's the thing you need to understand. If you're locked in, right, you're going to hit the target. If you're not locked in, you ain't going to hit the target. And so for some of us, we try to dodge the attack, not understand that the attack is a distraction to help you get refocused, to help you get aligned more. And so for me, I understand that, yo, some believe in horses, some believe in chairs. I believe in the name of the Lord. I know my strength come from the hill. I know where my strength come from. So when things like this do happen, I don't go to people. I don't be like, what do you think? No, the first thing I'm going to, I'm going to the source, the person who created me. What do you think? Why is, what's the message that you're trying to teach me in this process right now? Mm. You see what I'm saying? Because there's always some message in your mess. Mm. But again, Johnson says it all the time. Perspective drives performance every single day of the week. How you view what you do is how you're going to do what you do. Incredible. Yeah. And one thing that is common amongst, you know, the masses is we all get attacked. How what in your own perspective and, and experience, when somebody's maybe getting that attack, that stress, that, oh my God, how did this happen? How should we use that attack to our advantage? Or what perspective could you give us on that? Yeah, so I'll let y'all know what I be doing, man. So what I do whenever I'm getting attacked, I first understand number one. And I know I know we've heard this before, but like really hear it this time, right? Like number one, like I said earlier, bro, to you, when you asked me, how am I doing? What did I say to you? He said, I'm all right, but I ain't gonna say I ain't I'm right. doing the best right now. I'm okay. I ain't gonna lie about it. Like, yo, like, people be facile. Like, how you doing? Oh, I'm blessed. Stop lying. Be honest. Like the first part about being attacked, be honest. <laughs> now, after you're honest, now you move into the second level, right? Mm-hmm. Ask yourself, what is the creator trying to teach me in this process right now? What is that? Right? And so because I understand that I'm going to get attacked because I'm chasing purpose, which is supposed to happen, right? I have to understand, bro, is that at the end of the day, my okay, or you know, yeah, my okay is somebody else's blessing. Mm. Because somebody is still doing better. So I'm doing better than a lot of people. That's right. I got like like even forget the money, forget all the high tech stuff. Like, yo, I got a roof over my head, I got clothes on my feet, I got shoes, like I got all this stuff. Like, I'm good. If I don't ever get another diamond enough, like yo, I'm blessed. Because somebody else doesn't have what we have. See what I'm saying? Some people don't even got internet. Some people don't even got headphones, bro, that you're wearing. Like, like, these are the things that we have to understand. And so because I understand that I am blessed, 
that pushes me to understand why I started in the first place. Because here's the thing. When you start focusing on the attack, you focus on you. The attack is never meant for you. The attack is to sharpen you to be able to go help somebody else out. Mm. Which is why I always say, yo, your pain is the key to unlocking somebody else's freedom. Period. You can't help somebody if you've never been through something. That's right. That's like trying to have a doctor do surgery on you that never did surgery. How are you going to do surgery on somebody else's life and you never did? You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So there's the things that you have to go through. And so when you go through these things, number one, acknowledge the fact that, yo, I'm not okay. And it's okay not to be okay. Number two, ask the creator. Yo, not, 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 let me say this again. Ask the creator. Don't ask all your friends and your husband, your spouse. Don't ask on that. Ask the creator and say, yo, what is this attack for? What is the message behind this? And then you go to the third level. And that third level, bro, is simply understanding that, yo, that my okay is somebody else's blessing. Mm. And once you understand that, you snap back into focus and say, you know what? Like, yo, I'm blessed. And because I'm blessed, I have an opportunity that most people don't. Let me get back to work and stop being selfish. You feel me? Exactly. that's what I would say to that, King. Nah, and, and that's so right. And I think a lot of people, when they come under attack, we immediately develop a victim mindset. Oh, my God, why me? This happened to me. Man, this why now? This Oh, man, look at this. And we feed into that negativity and we allow it to, to slow us down and drag us into that, you know, quicksand and that sticky mud. Instead of us saying, oh, thank you that this is happening so it can, it can help me get sharper and better. One thing that you said that I, I really, really key in with is talking to God and saying, what am I supposed to get out of this? Like we, And I feel like that's one of the keys to life is that whenever, you know, a situation of attack, pressure, stress, you know, something that we ordinarily didn't see coming, we tune in with God and say, What's the message, Father, direct me? But I think the question, Will, is then when we're under that attack or, you know, the stress or the situation we didn't see coming, how do we tune in with God or what advice? Hey, just take some time out, pray to him. Hey, go for a quick walk, meditate. Like what kind of advice would you give to people that are like, man, but how do I tap in with him? Number one, put your phone down. (laughs) Take your phone down. Put it in another room, throw it away. Like, uh-huh. the phone ain't going nowhere. All right. Going you, know, nowhere. you don't pay that phone bill and you got no Wi Fi. ain't going nowhere. Right? That's right. Phone down. Get into a quiet spot. Like, it's hard for you to get answers when you're in chaos. Mm. Say it again. It's hard for you to get answers when you're in chaos. And for some of you, you're in chaos because the very first thing that you do when you go through life, girl, Taniqua, you won't believe what I'm going through. Yo, bro, you ain't going to believe what I'm going the first people that you go to is people instead of the creative people. Mm. So of course you're gonna continue to be in that rut. Of course you're gonna continue to be in that in that malfunction state. But it would make sense for me to go to the person who created me. That's like you, right? Going to like if you're the creative Apple, I'm not gonna go to Samsung and ask them what's wrong with my iPhone. No, I gotta mm. go to the person who created the product. God created you, so He knows all the malfunction. He know everything. Is that? And so That's now, right. once you do that, now you get clarity. Now, here's the, here's the beautiful part about it, because I know the religious folk going to probably say, well, what if he don't speak? Mm. Sometimes he don't need to speak. Woo! 
sometimes his silence is more greater than his words. Incredible. I'm beyond like sometimes his silence is much more greater than his words. And him and here's the fact too. When he's silent, nine times out of ten he's silent because he already knows you know the answer. But you can't see the answer because you're in chaos. So when you remove yourself from chaos, you start seeing what he already showed you. Just like when we was in, when we was in school, the teacher is quiet during the test because they know or they assume that you have studied. That's right. And so when you go through something, it's you studying because he knows you have the answer. Mm. It makes no sense for a teacher to speak during the test because they, 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 they believe in you enough to know that you know the answer. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to what you've learned about people, because mm-hmm. now you're speaking around the world, you're speaking in yeah. countries, you're speaking across different states in America. What are some patterns or what are some themes that you begin to notice? What are like, how has your perspective changed on how people think? And like, what are your thoughts on people nowadays? My thoughts on people right now, nowadays, man, is that, you know, they're so quick to give up. Wow. They're so quick to give up. And, you know, one of the things that I learned from Troy last night, the movie that I watched, is that he was, it was a scene where he was talking with his mother. He came to his mother and he said, Mom, I don't want to go to go to war. Mm. And she said to him, you can stay. Your kids will remember you. Your wife will remember you. I'll remember you. Your grandkids will remember you. But if you go, catch this, y'all, if you go and fight and have your victories and have your stories, the world will remember you. Incredible. And so, again, when you go through through these trials and when you go through these things, you need to understand that, yo, do I just want my kids to remember me, my family remember me, or do I want the world to remember me? And if you want the world to remember you, then you got to get out of your comfort zone. You got to go to war. There's victories that you need to go get. There's there's enemies out there that you need to slay. Some of your enemies is depression, Mm. anxiety, right? Uh, past past marriages, relationships. A lot of you probably dealing with suicidal thoughts. These are enemies that you need to go slay. Incredible. But nothing ever happens in your comfort zone. And so when I talk to a lot of humans nowadays, they're like, you know, I just feel like quitting. I feel like giving up. And I'll be like, yo, I, I'll be honest with you. Like, I've been there. I've done it. I know the feeling. But here's the thing I always said. If you quit, you ain't never going to get the result that you want. So you might as well just keep going. And here's the reason why you feel what I'm saying. And here's the reason why most people don't keep going, bro, is because you're running a sprint and you're not running at your pace. Ooh, you see what I'm saying? Like, like you running a sprint. You trying to keep up with like when I first started, I was trying to keep up with E, Inky, Tony, Les. I'm like, yo, I'm trying to keep up. With you. Will, no, no, no. You gotta run your pace with your endurance. And here's the beautiful thing: when you run your race at your endurance level. The beautiful thing about it is now you start getting your endurance opportunities mm. because you're running at the right pace to meet an opportunity instead of sprinting past it because you're trying to keep up. Who are you trying to keep up with? The only person you keep up with is yourself. And so me, I understand that your life is a marathon, not a sprint. And because I understand that it is, I just every single day, bro, I run my own pace. I don't care what the next speaker is doing. I don't care what I'm running what I can handle. You see what I'm saying? So that's what I would say to that, bro. 
Uh, when it comes to speaking, what part yes. of speaking and public speaking excites you the most? Man, the best part is not even the speaking. The best part for me is knowing that I transformed somebody's life. Incredible. Like, that's the greatest part, right? Like, getting on a stage and just having somebody say, yo, you changed my life. Or, yo, I've been through that same thing that you're going through. Like, you, you, you really helped me. Like, that's the biggest blessing. Like, I, speaking to me, speaking to me is just, it's a dessert. That's easy. But to get on a stage and really just change somebody's life, man, that's difficult. Because not everybody can do that. When it comes to the business of public speaking, um, what are some, if you could go back in time and tell uh younger will that was getting started in this world what advice or how would you coach him so that he can have more success and more impact absolutely man that's a great question so number one what i would say to any speaker number one hire somebody and hire them quickly number two hurry up and fail <laughs> hurry up and fail like nothing happens in perfection nothing the only thing that the only way that you can even become perfect in what you do is by making mistakes. So mm. that's one thing. Hurry up and say. The third thing that I would say to you is speak five times for free. Speak five times for free. Why am I saying this to you? One, it's going to help your confidence level. Two, it's going to help you to learn how to negotiate. And three, it's going to sh help you to get social proof. The problem with most speakers, bro, is that they're trying to get. They're like, <clears throat> I want to charge ten thousand dollars. That's cute. Yeah. <laughs> now, when you bring that before somebody. And they say, okay, do you have references? No. Do you have a website? No. Do you have an EPK? No. Do you have a speaker sheet? No. Are you on LinkedIn Sales Navigator? No. Then why would I hire you? Mm. I'm going to the I'm going to the next person. I'm not going to waste my time. And so ET says something a long time. I changed my he said if you if you get if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. And for some of you, you still getting ready instead of staying ready. Mm. Right? And so I had to understand, bro, is that yo, I need social proof. Because now when somebody asks me for something, if I'm an expert, I need to have some type of proof. You know that, bro. You're getting a client's amazing results. So you need the proof. If there's no proof, nobody's going to believe you. And so now because you have the proof, now you can market that proof on LinkedIn, on TikTok, on Facebook, on Instagram. Now people can see what you're doing. Now, after you have done doing that, now what I want you to do is I want you to cultivate the relationship. Because here's the thing. Think about it. If you have five people who are decision makers, mm -hmm. who can put you in the budget for next year or even this year, you have now set your speaking business up to where you don't even have to market no more. Because just think about it this way. If one person knows five other people, guess what? That's five more opportunities on top of this opportunity. Another person. So now you went from five people, right, to yeah. about 40 new other contacts. And they're going off of what their friends said. Because what I tell people, bro, is that, yo, it's more easier for a friend to reach out to a friend than for a stranger to reach out to a friend's friend. Mm. And so if I'm the stranger trying to reach out to your person, they're gonna they're not gonna they're not gonna write me back because they don't know who I am. But now if you reach out to that person and say, yo, Will is dope, like Will came in now they're like, Okay, I gotta get him in because you said it. And I trust your word because we boys. You know and so this is why it's so important to understand that. Now you ain't got to market as much no more as a speaker. Like, that's why people be like, yo, Will, you don't even, I don't market like that, bro. 
my speaking business. As a speaker, I really don't. And and it just comes because I've cultivated relationships. But the problem with people is that they hear the word relationships and they take it for granted. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Like, I'm going I'm to give you a quick hack for your people, for your audience. I, I rock with you, man, right? Here's a quick hack, right? Say, for instance, you have a call with a decision maker. Yeah. What I tell them, once we get to the negotiating part, right? Yeah. I would literally say, listen, before we even go there, what do you like for lunch? They'll let me know. And I'm telling you this right now, like, I did this literally uh, last Thursday with a decision maker. So this is real-time stuff, right? Mm -hmm. I I literally said, you know, what do you like for lunch? Oh, I like Chick-fil-A. I said, bet. What did I do? Had my assistant go get a digital, um, you know, gift card and send it to her in an email. I said, listen. I'm going to put a lunch on me. You ain't got to worry about it. Whether you work with me or not, mm. I still want to make sure that you're good because of the hard work and sacrifices that you make for these students. Trish. Oh, my God. No has ever done that for me. See, you think the speaking business is just speaking. No. See, what I just did is I communicated because I understood. I'm going to give you all another hat. Whenever, before you get on a call with any decision maker, you need to make sure that you know that decision maker. Why is that? Because here's the problem that most people have, right? If you don't effectively know the decision maker, it makes no sense if you get on a call. If you don't know the mission statement, it makes no sense if you get on a call. Because what if they ask you, do you know about my school? Do you know about my organization? And you say, a little bit, or I think I do. Bro, they're going to be like, but you sit down your homework and so what I do if I read the bio and it says Lisa loves the New York Knicks when I'm on the call with her and she asks me that question hey did you know about our school I say I do I know that you guys really care about your community and cultivating students to get to the next level that's right then I will say to her I also read your bio and it says that you love the New York Knicks is that true yes that is true awesome I just want you to check the mailbox in the next two weeks I got something coming for you as a gift oof you got to do what most speakers are not willing to do. And most people are willing not to do that. They just want to hurry up and secure the bag. No. Secure the relationship. You secure the bag. Incredible. Now, you're so right. The relationship is, is what's key. And when I think back about, you know, clients that we're doing webinars or funnels or Facebook ads or, you know, master classes for, it's the ones that I have developed a, a, a great relationship with that they last the longest the results are the best they 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 have the best result like everything that relationship powers everything else up and i think we kind of like as a especially in our current age we kind of tend to look down on relationships and I think it's because everybody's so busy people trying to get to the bag you know people just they're not moving at their pace they're moving at oh I'm supposed to be this by now I'm supposed to do this by now I'm supposed to you know I'm supposed to already have this by now like and not really okay who's in my life like who can I really connect with and like this person that is about to enter into my life uh somebody said this on the other part they said one of their superpowers they've learned is how to gift gifting people and when you gift other people like like what you kind of said with the chick-fil-a car it makes them open up in ways because they're not used to being treated like that 
Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I got a. Here's the thing, right? And everybody listen to it, write this down, right? Generosity is a form of currency. Mm. Right? And even the good, even the my book of faith says, like, giving gifts give access to important people. So why would you not come with a gift? Sheesh. Right? Like, so, like, and here's the thing. If you are an individual who's always holding, you'll never receive. Like, mm-hmm. your income is directly correlated with your giving. Whether you give in a church, whether you give to people, I don't care what it is. Your your income is directly correlated with your giving. What do you give? How do you give? Do when you give, do you like, oh man, like this is a stretch, or do you like, yo, take it? I don't even care about it. Jeez. Like, bro, I remember I used to be the person, like, even to my own mom, I'd be like, yo, mom, here it is, you gotta pay me back. I used to do that to my mom, bro. Now, because I've matured and I understand what the good book says, with the measure you give is the measure that you receive. I like what you need. Here it is. I'm good. Yeah, I don't have to pay back. No, I'm good. Even with other people, yo, I got it. No. Why would I have you pay me back? You need it. Mm. And here's the thing: if I were to say to that person, "Nah, I'm good." Now what I'm doing, bro, is I'm holding a harvest, but I'm also killing the harvest at the same time. Ooh. Because the moment I give is the moment I plant. And the moment I plant is the moment I prosper. May not be right. now, may not be in a year, but eventually that thing gonna come back to you. You see what I'm saying? And so your generosity is gonna take you much more further, much more further than you being greedy. Like that's wow. like even the creator in the beginning. Just think about it. The creator himself gave the most precious thing, his only begotten son. He said, yo, y'all can have him. Here he is, boom. He's, he's painting the picture to let you know that you have to be a giver. And if he never gave, people would have never been saved. Incredible. Man, this is so, I think that's one of the main keys to life, to having a, a beautiful life, a successful life is this giving. Um, and you, we, we live in a time, it's, it's greedy, you know, especially the American culture. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Let me let me see what how I can be slick, how I can be clever. Let me let me trick this person. Let me let me create this system to just take 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 take. And I think that people are they're tired, man, of being you know, or people trying to to scheme to you know put their hand and you know take out of the person's. Uh, in all your speaking ventures, give give us a moment in time whereby one of the best memories you had maybe it was a transformation with a person or a company or a connection that was made but give a, give us a, a memory or an experience to you like man I, i'll never forget that yeah it was a memory that i was telling you about a couple a couple uh minutes ago man and it literally i went to a high school did a black history month assembly um i hugged a lot of kids you know hand five a lot of kids and you know it came down to these last 10 kids kid came up to me and you know he said you know my dad my dad my dad and he just came and just embraced me Boom. crying in my arms bro my dad left me and all I can do bro is just hug him and embrace him I'm like yo and bro when I did that bro like I'm like yo I don't think I'll ever have a greater speaking engagement than this we talk about this kid is like 14 years old crying in my arms, bro. Heavy. And I'm just like, yo, 
I don't I, like, like like that moment I did. Like I know what I did. I know what I'm doing. What I'm doing, bro. But then I'm like, yo, this is why I know why I go through what I go through. Mm. You know, and and I'm telling you, man, like the calling is heavy. And let me say this to you, all you leaders out here. Just because we carry it well doesn't mean it's not heavy. You feel me? Like it's gonna be heavy. It's supposed to be heavy. You know what I'm saying? Because you have a lot of responsibility. When I hugged that kid, and I was like, "Yeah, that was it." I gave him my phone number and everything, and yeah, bro, like that's gonna, that that I don't care what other get. I don't know what the creator got left, but for right now, that is the one. Incredible. Yeah. Will for those that they're listening, they're saying, "Man, I, they want to get coached, or they want to, you know, refer you, or you know, they have an event, you know, something. Maybe they know a school." They want you to speak at or a, a conference or a business. What was the best way for people to get in touch with you to access your resources or uh, even have you come and speak at an event that they're doing or a, yeah. a conference or business conference? For sure, bro, man. Just go to williamwinfield.org. Literally go to the booking page and just fill out a booking. You know what I'm saying? If you really buy, fill out a booking form, you know what I'm saying? My assistant will get back to you in um, you know, no time and we get the ball rolling with that for sure. Yep. Incredible. Incredible. Uh, Will, you know, what are you envisioning for the future? You know, what, what, this kind of paint a picture, what do you want the future to look like in terms of what you've accomplished or uh, what's your impact and what's your building? Man, I say, man, for me, I want to have my own homeless shelter. I want to have my own drug rehab. I want to have an academy for these guys to be able to learn life skills, graduate get back on their feet, get rekindled, back with life. Um, I want to have my own school um, and teach kids about entrepreneurship. Um, I want to have, you know, uh, multiple, multiple, multiple unit properties. Um, And for sure, like at the end of the day, like my biggest thing, bro, at the end of the day, like I said to you, like in the movie of Troy that I watched, like, you know, my kids, your kids will remember you. I'll remember you, you know, your mom will remember you if you stay. But if you go and you fight and you get these victories, the world will remember you. And my biggest thing is that I want to live an impact so well that you can't bury me in a graveyard. Mm. You know what I'm like that's the impact that I want to make. So that sounds like Miles Monroe, man. Yeah, hey, hey, don't get me started. We'll be on here for another two hours, boy. I try to tell you, man. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, man. That that's for me, man. That just bro, I just I, I just want to say this, man. Like, yo, when you just learn to appreciate life for what it is, you always gonna be blessed. Mm. Period. Like you just gotta learn how to really appreciate life. Like, you know, too many times, you know, like I I think Willie Moore Jr. said it's like, yo, just Leaving your house and coming back home is such an underrated blessing. It is. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, yo, like the fact that me and you are on here and we're breathing, like, that's success to me. Because there's somebody in the hospital on a ventilator, bro, can't breathe. Right. Can't or somebody breathe. just put somebody just pulled the plug on their own child. And we sitting up here complaining about dumb stuff. Oh, my phone ain't working. Or my laptop. What? When you learn to appreciate life in itself, life will learn to appreciate you. Yeah. Incredible, man! You've been you've been dropping. You came with the the bazooka today. You came. With hey, the you know what it is. You know what it is, man. Yes, sir. 
Oh my God. Yeah, man. Um, guys, look, make sure you tap in with Will. We're going to give you guys direct access and all the links. If you know people that they have conferences, they have events, you know, business organizations, maybe even your organization or the company that you have have events coming up, make sure you tap in and connect with Will. Y'all heard it hit straight from him, the gems that he's dropping. I can only imagine how much more killer is going to be once he's live in person at your place, at your event, at the business. Uh, Will, any any last words, anything that you want to get off your chest that you want to say to the people? Yeah, um, that's what I'm going to say. Dr. Miles Monroe said it. The greatest tragedy in life is not death, but living life without purpose. Sheesh. Um, man, come on, man! Don't mention Miles Moreau. I might, I might. <laughs> man, come on now. Hey, hey I, I'm just saying, like, yo, just like, remember who you are and whose you are. Um, yeah, there's a lot of people out here who who have a lot of different things than you do, but that doesn't take away from the fact of who God called you to be, and the very fact that you've been called to it. Is the very fact that God will supply for it. I'm gonna say it again. The very fact that you've been called to it is just the very fact that God's gonna supply for it. And so your job is just to continue to be locked in every single day that you wake up. Like every single day you wake up, just learn to understand the power of gratitude and how it could change your life. Don't look at your account and be like, dang, I only got two hundred dollars in it. Look at your account and say, Thank you, God, because I I have the ability to produce two million. Incredible. See what I'm saying? So yeah, audit your mindset, you audit your life, you audit your life, you make an impact, you make an impact, you leave a legacy, never be forgotten. Y'all heard it straight from Will himself. Make sure y'all tap in. Check the description, guys. There's gonna be links in there so you have direct access. Uh my masterminders, look, life is going, time is going. Make sure you tap in with somebody that has that mindset, that, that spiritual connection with the most high that can talk life into you, into your business, into everything that you have going on. Uh, Will, thank you for being here. Thank you for the discipline, the sacrifice, the commitment, you know, and the dedication to, you know, who you're becoming and the impact that you're making and for bearing that responsibility. Um, my masterminders, until next time, keep on mastering your mind thank you for listening to the mastermind your life podcast with tolu owoyemi we hope you enjoy be sure to rate and review this podcast on your favorite listening platform and follow tolu on instagram at t-o-l-u dot o-w-o-y-e-m-i keep mastering your life and we'll see you here next time